الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن نبينا وحبيبنا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولقد آتيناك سبعا من المثاني والقرآن العظيم صدق الله العظيم Respected brothers, elders and friends, undoubtedly it is an accepted fact and it is an irrefutable reality that every verse of the Holy Quran 
is the undoubted word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most accurate, the most authentic. And every verse of the Holy Quran carries such a beautiful message and has a powerful impact on the hearts of humanity. This is because this is the divine word of our Creator subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's words have absolutely no doubt. At times I will need to swear an oath to add emphasis to my speech. Or at times you will need to swear an oath to impress on the listener the truthful nature of what you are saying. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in need of taking any oath or swearing any qasam to prove the correct and the truthful nature and the authenticity of his speech. It is indeed divine. It is the most accurate, the most authentic, in which there is no room for doubt whatsoever. And if we have to understand the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam regarding the virtue and the significance of different chapters and verse of the Holy Quran, we will then be able to understand that there are certain chapters, certain verses in the Holy Quran that enjoy some extra merit and virtue. They have been given some extra importance and significance by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amongst these very virtuous, blessed, significant surahs of the Holy Quran is a short surah that you and I recite every day of our life. Not once or twice, but several times daily. In every rak'ah of every salah. What is this surah called? It is often referred to as the surah of mercy. In which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes manifest. His boundless, limitless mercy. It is often referred to as the surah of praise. In which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exhibits His true glory and praise. It is often referred to as the verse, as the surah and the chapter of cure. That serves as a remedy for all spiritual, also physical maladies and illnesses. This is indeed the opening surah of the Holy Quran, most commonly known as Surah Al-Fatiha. Abu Ta'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu reads, that once he was sent out by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on a certain campaign, and they were traveling and passed by a certain tribe. The leader of the tribe was afflicted by a very poisonous reptile. And the people then approached the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They inquired from the Sahaba, Does any one of you know how to treat this person who is in this critical condition? So Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu, he says, Yes indeed. And he takes this great challenge and this great task of trying to treat this person who was in this critical condition, who was bedridden for some time. And he then approaches this person and then he starts reciting Surah Al-Fatiha. According to one narration, he recited Surah Fatiha morning and evening for a period of three days. According to some scholars and commentators of hadith, he would recite it seven times in the morning, seven times in the evening. And the treatment continued for three days. The narrator of the incident, and the hadith appeared in Sahih al-Bukhari, he says as soon as the treatment was over, 
three days had passed. By the third night, this man had been completely recovered. He was completely cured from his illness, as if he never had to suffer for. This is the conviction, the certitude, the yaqeen that Sahaba enjoyed on the verses of Quran, the verses of this glorious book that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with, that indeed there can be nothing more effective and more powerful than the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is also the greatest and the most magnificent surah of the Holy Quran. According to one narration, one of the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa states, I was performing salah in his masjid. And Allah's messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sees me and then he calls me. فَخَفَّفْتُ salati. I curtailed the length of my salah. Upon completing my salah, I immediately went forward. Ya Rasulullah, you call me? Yes indeed. Ya Rasulullah, is there anything can I do for you? And then the Nabi of Allah takes hold of my hand. And then he tells me, Ala Would you like me to teach you the greatest, the most powerful and the most magnificent surah of the Holy Quran? He says, yes Ya Rasulullah, please do so. I became extremely overjoyed to hear this. And then Nabi Ali Salam tells him, it is these seven often recited verses of the Holy Quran, known as Sab'i Mathani, the seven verses that are frequently recited, Surah Al-Fatiha. This surah was chosen to be the opening chapter of the Holy Quran. And commentators explain the reason for which this surah, Surah Fatiha, was chosen to be the opening chapter of the Holy Quran. This is because the noble short surah of the Quran entails the summary and the crux of the entire Quran. That is, the surah entails the message, the theme, and the summary of the entire glorious Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins this chapter, which is the opening verse of the noble Qur'an. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. In which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches you and I how to praise Him, what words to use to express our gratitude and show our joy and happiness. How do we praise Allah for the numerous favors and bounties He has blessed us with in this world? Alhamdulillah. All praise goes back to Allah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in one narration has stated that the best form of dua and supplication is the statement Alhamdulillah. According to one narration, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is reported to have said, Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, tamla'ani awqal tamla' ma bayna as-sama'i wal-ard. These two kalimas, these two statements, Subhanallah, glory be to Allah. Alhamdulillah, praise belongs to Allah. It covers the entire distance between the heaven and the earth. This is the weight, this is the power of this word, Alhamdulillah. If we have to linguistically analyze this word Alhamd, we will understand that this word Hamd entails the meaning of gratitude and praise. If I praise you, it does not mean I'm thanking you. And if I have to thank you, it does not mean I'm praising you. But this word Alhamd combines both meanings. Shuk wud thana. Praise together with thanks. As if when we are saying Alhamdulillah, we are telling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we thank Him. We extend our shukr, our gratitude. We express our shukr to Him by attributing every praise to Him. 
him. This is the power and the weight of the statement, Alhamdulillah. According to one narration, Rasulullah is reported to have said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes overjoyed with that person when he takes the morsel of food and then he praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that ni'mah Allah has blessed him with after having a morsel of food realizing that this is his sustenance which Allah has provided him with in this world and then upon saying upon eating that morsel of food then it comes out from his mouth Alhamdulillah Allah becomes extremely happy with that person so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches you and I in the opening of the opening surah of the Holy Quran how to praise him and Allah makes it known to us that whatever form of bounty or favor or gift we enjoy in this world whether it's our health or our wealth whether it's our children or our families whether it's our cars or our properties whatever it may be remember it is only the favor of Allah upon you Therefore, none of us are worthy of being praised in this world. Praise belongs to Allah alone. Allah is the giver. Allah is the doer. Allah is also the taker. And ulama have explained, when a person is blessed with a ni'mah, a bounty or favor in this world, then at that time he's being tested to see whether that gives him, does he make him feel proud, arrogant in any way, as if he has achieved it with his own strength, or does he realize and appreciate that this is a favor Allah has blessed him with, for which he needs to be more humble, for which he needs to be more obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for blessing him with these various great ni'mats in this world. Alhamdulillah. And then in the opening verse of the Holy Quran, our Creator subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to himself as Alhamdulillah, Allah. All praise belongs to Allah. And this name Allah is extremely unique. It is that powerful name which is unique for our Creator subhanahu wa ta'ala. And no one else will ever have this name Allah. Even the false gods, idols of the previous nations or the other religions, no one ever has the name Allah in their religion. It is unique, it is great. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one narration that this world will not cease to end. This world will not cease to continue. Qiyamah will not approach until there is one person who is on the surface of this earth saying the name Allah, Allah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions a few attributes of His. The first attribute that has been mentioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this opening verse of the Holy Quran, Rabbil Alameen, Allah is the Rabb of all the worlds. If one has to draw a list of the various divine attributes of our Creator subhanahu wa ta'ala, right at the top of the list will come the attribute of Rabb. Allah is the Rabb of the entire universe. Have you understood? Have you valued and appreciated the meaning of the word Rabb? In various du'as, authentic du'as that we recite, we recite the word Rabb in our prayers, in our du'as. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. Rabbana la tuzigh khulubana. Rabbi ghfir warham. Rabbana hablana min azwajina. Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi. What is the meaning of the word Rabb? 
علماء الكومنتيتز القرآن في إكسبلين The term رب is used to refer to that powerful being who brings someone from absolutely nothing and makes him into something At one stage, if we look back, we never existed in this world. We were nothing. Allah brought us into existence. Allah created us, took care of us. And still Allah is doing so. This is the real meaning of the word Rabb. And Allah is the Rabb of Al-Alameen. Ulama have explained, Alameen refers to the different worlds or realms, whether it's the jinn world or the angel world, animal world, the insect world. Every single thing is in the control of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the first opening verse of the Holy Quran, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allah wants us to understand that He is the greatest. He is the most powerful being. Power belongs to Him alone. Therefore only He is worthy of praise in this world and in the year after. The next verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala draws our attention to His boundless, limitless, vast mercy. Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. When a person enjoys a very high, lofty status, and he has authority and power, very often that person becomes such that he is no longer approachable. You can't meet with him. There's protocols to follow. You have to make an appointment. At times he will abuse his strength and authority on others. At times he is arrogant, he's proud, and no one can even discipline him or tell him that this is incorrect. What you are doing, your behavior is inappropriate. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is the most most powerful, the most great, yet the most merciful. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. In every rak'ah, every sarah, Allah reminds us, don't forget my mercy encompasses everything. This is an emphasized command of the Qur'an, a repeated message of the Holy Qur'an. Never become despondent, never lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Once a Bedouin walks in the masjid of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and then he makes the following dua Allahumma arhamni wa muhammada Wala tarham ma'ana ahada Wallah shower your mercy upon me and upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And make your mercy only for me and him Let not anyone else of your creation have any share in your mercy do you know what did you say? You are trying to restrict something that can never be restricted. Allah's mercy is too vast. Allah wants us to turn towards Him. Raise our hands. Go in sujood. Shed those tears. Show our humility. Express our humbleness. 